Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm running the show solo today. There's just no telling what'll happen. It could get crazy or it could get boring without Dewey. Who knows? Anyway, I had a fantastic podcast question sent to me from Teague, and I want to read it to you. This, this, this is... This is unique and novel and an excellent topic I'm excited to dive into. Teague says, Hi, Molly. Thanks for all you do to help folks take the best care of our cats that we can. I've listened to many of your podcast episodes and always enjoy learning something new and hearing a new perspective. I'm wondering if you're aware of any resources on feline conditioning. I'm not referring to learning theory like classical or operant conditioning, but rather physical conditioning. I've heard somewhere, maybe on your podcast, that a huge number of cats end up with arthritis later in life. Recently, my young dog had a ligament tear, and I've been learning more about canine conditioning and its importance in preventing injury, protecting joints, and hopefully avoiding arthritis later on. A lot has come out more recently about the dangers of repetitive, high-impact activities for dogs as well. In addition to my two dogs, I also have two young cats. And I was wondering, for all the jumping and running that cats do, especially when they're young, are there ways that we can help prevent injury and arthritis later on? I know my cats routinely jump from pretty high down to the hardwood floors, for example, despite having alternatives, and chase each other every which way and make lots of sudden rapid movements during prey play, as well as, of course, I've heard that canine rehabilitation therapists, but have not heard of feline rehabilitation therapists. And it got me wondering, should I be doing warm-ups for my cats before prey play? Should I be helping them strengthen those muscles involved in jumping? It feels a little silly to ask, but I hadn't given it that much thought with dogs either until the last several months, so it seems worth considering. I'd love to hear any insights you've got on this topic. Isn't that awesome? What a great topic, and you're right. Not something that we hear about at all. In fact, I replied to Teague and said, you know, there's been very little research done about this, and you really don't hear much about this, that I have my own opinions on this, and and I said there wasn't much available. But since then, I have actually found a cat exercise poster that is put out by the American Medical Center in New York. And if you'd like a copy of that, email me, molly at cattalkradio.com. And tell me you want the PDF of the exercise cat poster. It's funny, if nothing else. (laughs) But, you know, the other thing I couldn't help thinking when I first read her email 
was about a cat that I had many years ago, many, many, many years ago, like probably 25. His name was Enzo, named after Mr. Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari. And he was a Russian blue colored rescue, amazingly smart cat. And I lived in a place where I felt it's safe enough for him to be an indoor outdoor cat. I don't let my cats in out now, but I did at the time. And I had this eight foot tall wooden fence. I lived in a condo on the ground floor and he would go and jump on a table and then up to the top of the fence and over the fence and go explore the neighborhood. And when he would come back, he wouldn't jump back down on the table, just like she was saying about her cats. He would jump full down from that eight foot fence onto the concrete. And sure enough, later on in life, he developed arthritis in those front paws right at that wrist. And I always thought that had to be from jumping down in that fence. And, you know, and many times later, I thought, why didn't I just cat proof that little courtyard and make it a catio and, you know, keep him contained too. were lots of things I could have done better as a cat mom. And I was considered a cat person and cat expert back then. So there's no shortage of things that we can learn from not only past mistakes, but hopefully from this podcast as well. And Teague, you are absolutely right. You did hear it here that a majority of cats get arthritis. I'd say 80% of cats over 10 have some level of arthritis or another. So it is absolutely something to consider. But I also want to think about conditioning in general. We're talking about physical conditioning here. And and you mentioned joints and muscles and things like that. But I can't, I can't, I, I wouldn't be prudent if I didn't start with weight, maintaining a healthy weight. Obesity, feline obesity is an epidemic that's out of control in this country. In fact, Dewey and I just went and saw the Cat Video Fest yesterday afternoon, and I couldn't help but notice that every cat, almost every cat in that was obese, overweight, had soft carb bodies. And yes, this is the pot calling the kettle black, by the way. I have a soft carb body too, and I don't condition myself as well as I should. But I actually feel more responsible to make sure that Pico maintains a healthy weight. And and he is. Pico is a very, very, very healthy weight cat, especially at three years old. So there's a thing called the body condition score chart. And it it's basically a, a graphic that you look down on your cat and you look at the outline of their the silhouette of their physique and you compare it to this chart and it ranks them from one to nine, one being very, very thin malnourished and nine being morbid obesity, you know, four or five is, is healthy. And I'd love for you to see that chart too. So email me molly at cattalkradio.com and tell me you want a copy of the feline body condition score chart and I will send it to you because you need to know. I'd say let's start there because just like us, and you know, we say that a lot when I do my medical podcasts with Dr. Hurley. We talk a lot about how feline bodies and you know are similar to ours in all aspects when we were talking about heart disease and and all kinds of things. And so really 
think about your little cat's body like ours. If we're walking around obese, that extra weight on our joints and tendons and, and frame and things like that is hard on our body, puts a strain not only on our body, but our organs. So that's where I'd say start this journey is making sure your cat is maintaining a healthy weight. Now, how do we do that? Nutrition, proper nutrition. And that's the other thing. Good nutrition is not just for maintaining a healthy body weight, but cats need lots and lots and lots of protein, animal protein, by the way, not plant protein, in order to build lean muscles, just like us, again. So make sure your cat is on a proper species-appropriate diet and getting fed the right amount of food in the right way and maintaining a healthy weight. There are plenty of podcasts and even a YouTube webinar on cat nutrition. So I won't go any farther into that today. I want to I wanna dive into more specifically to answer Teague's question. But the other thing that, you know, contributes to good physical conditioning of any species is also mental health. And in felines, really the number one reducer of mental health is stress. So maintaining a a low stress environment also helps contribute to that overall physical conditioning. All right. Now, now I want to jump into really cat physical conditioning. And, and I've, I've put together a dozen things here that you can do. Because yes, I think it's important to answer your question. No, it's not like conditioning dogs. Think about the feline species. They really, our house cats, really aren't meant for long distance running and things like that. Cheetahs are, they're not descendants of that feline lineage, right? They're descendants of cats that really do lay around 16 to 20 hours a day and only jump up and hunt in little short bursts of energy. So they're not, they don't really need a whole lot of conditioning, but yes, they do. And along with this physical conditioning, it's going to provide them mental stimulation and simulate that predatory hunting sequence, which not only helps on a physical level, but helps on that mental health level as well. So here you go. I got 12 things for you. The first and most important is climbing, right? Now, this can be as simple as a really tall cat tower. Or it could be a whole lot more fun, like a cat tower that leads to shelves, that leads to a cat superhighway around the perimeter of the room and lots of shelves so they can just do zoomy little laps all around the ceiling in your house. Another one that I love for climbing is carpeted walls. Now, if you don't want to carpet a whole wall, just carpet a strip. Take about a two foot or three foot wide section of your wall and put um, like little wooden bumpers or I don't even know what you would call that, you know, um, like frames, molding, I guess, molding, if you will, on each side and run carpet all the way up the wall or all the way up to a shelf that's going to go around to the little super highway system that you have around the ceiling. It is 
fun. Cats are like Velcro. You do a carpeted wall. I like to use van carpet or a Berber carpet because it's got really tight, um, you know, little tight loops that their nails go into. And you take a laser or a prey play toy and you run it up that wall and they just climb straight up the wall. We have vertical posts outside in the in the catio that, you know, our support posts, and we've carpeted those and Pico climbs straight up those posts. And I just went to Home Depot and got outdoor carpet and cut a piece of it, just stapled it right to that post. And I'm telling you what, best exercise ever. It's great exercise going up. It gets their chest muscles and their front legs. And then coming down, they usually come down backwards, which also works out their back legs. It also helps to keep their nails trim too. So added benefits, climbing. Climbing is a huge, huge, huge resource for your cats. Now, the next one would be running. Now, like I said, cats don't need to have running like dogs do. We don't need to go jogging with them. No, I really don't think those cat wheat treadmills are great. They are for certain species like Bengals and Savannas and things like that. Or if your cat just is really highly OCD and might enjoy it, you know, okay. But I've found 95% of cats might get on it once or twice and then they kind of go, meh, you know, to them. I kind of feel the same way about running on a treadmill, honestly. I like to go out on a walk where I can see cool things and watch wildlife and stuff like that. But to be on a treadmill, boring. I would rather watch paint dry. So when you think about running your cat, think about short running, right? So our favorite in this house is we like to do treat toss. So I, I get treats. I love the Vitacraft Purr Sticks because I can break them off into little pieces and throw them across the room. And Pico goes tearing off after him, you know, the old sliding and skidding and then grabbing it and eating it and then comes running back for more and then toss it farther in another place. And he gets exercised that way. The other thing that we do for little short bursts of running and jumping we like to play the stalk game. We've been doing this since he was a kitten. I like to teach my kittens this game. So when they're little bitty and they're following you around, I like to hide around a corner. And then when they come around the corner after you, jump out and go boo. And I jump out and hold both of my hands, you know, palms up out like boo, like I'm jumping on them. And they quickly turn that around and realize that's part of the hunting sequence, right? So Pico does that to me. He'll hide behind things. And if I'm walking through the house, he'll come running and jump out with his little paws outstretched and try to take me down. Now, he doesn't bite me or claw me or anything like that. He just jumps at me. It's our game. So when I walk through a room, I kind of look for him and I engage him in that. I'll duck down behind something or run across the room and, and he'll chase me. That's a that's a great way to get little bits of running. But other than little bits of running, they probably don't need just a whole lot. So another great thing, of course, is prey play. Now, prey play also incorporates some running, but I want you to think about prey play in its truest sense of the term. It is simulating a hunting sequence where the cats are killing prey. 
And that it consists of several steps. It consists of stalking, right? And then running and jumping and pouncing and grabbing and even sometimes rolling with the prey in between their legs and biting, simulating that delivering the kill bite. All of that is really important. Every piece of that, of that sequence is important. It's important you don't miss any of it. And you know, most people really suck at prey play. I got to tell you, I go to people's houses and they say, well, my cat doesn't like it. My cat won't do it. And I get out a wand toy and I've got their cat jumping three feet in the air and engaging in prey play in under two minutes. And they're always like, oh my God. And like, you know, it's how you do it. You have to think like prey. You have to move like prey. You have to get a really good wand toy. You got to put that wand toy up when you're not using it so that the cats have interest in it so that every time it comes out, it's a fun new game. And by the way, you got to have three or four different ones because they get bored with the same old thing. So step up your game and really become a master at prey play with your cat. Now, the fourth thing I have for you is clicker training, right? This is one of the best things you can do for your cat mentally. But I'm challenging you in this episode to take that a step further. Now, it's real simple. You can just capture something that your cat does naturally. So, for instance, when Pico was a kitten, he used to like to stand up on his back legs. He would go beyond a sit-up and, and stand straight up if he was interested in something you were holding. And so I started getting him to walk. And I would take a treat, like he loves the lick and lap. So I would get a pack of lick and lap and I'd let him smell it to see that I had it. And then I'd hold it up. He'd stand on his back legs and I would back up so that he'd start walking towards me, standing straight up on his back legs. Then I put that on a verbal cue, walk, and I put it on a visual cue. So I've got my finger pointing straight up and I'm backing up and he walks towards me on his back legs. And we've kept that up for the last three years. And I'm telling you what, that boy's got some ham hocks on him. His back legs and hindquarters and hips are very muscular because of it. It's great exercise. He loves doing it. He loves getting his lick and lap at the end of doing it. And it's a win-win for everybody. So I would say clicker train, things like that. You can also, really fun thing to do is to clicker train an agility course. You can make an agility course in your house, just out of the furniture the way it is. Or you can get really crazy and build stuff, you know, like they run up a ramp and jump through a hoop and in a tube and out the tube and over the chair and all around. And if you Google cat agility course there's lots of ideas out there for you and you and you do that by shaping so you lure them this is why i love lick and lap because it's in a little packet and it's i can dispense it one-handed just by squeezing a little bit out so i lure him to the first thing when he does the first thing like let's say jump up on a chair then I go, good boy, and give him some lick and lap. And then I lure him to the second thing, like up on the table, good boy, lick and lap. And then down the table and through the tube. And you do each little step 
and then and then you start stringing them together and like maybe you don't do the reward until he's up on the chair and at the end of the table the second time and start with the visual cue point to where you want him to go while you're holding the lick and lap in your middle finger and your thumb and then that way you can guide him all around pretty soon all you got to do is go run the agility course and he goes all the way around and then is ready for his treat very 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 important you find a treat that knocks your cat's paws off and I highly suggest lick and lap for that and or purse sticks. Those are the top two. Because if you just use the run of the mill treat that you already give him, you know, whether it's temptations or some of that kind of junk food, then they're going to go, eh, I get treats all the time. The other thing is change your way of thinking about treats. Treats should be rewards and reinforcers of behaviors that you want to see more of. So when we're training cats, find stuff you want to see more of. And in the context of this conversation, that's going to be exercising. So clicker training, excellent, excellent way to exercise your cat. Here's another cool idea. Everybody's got a bathtub, right? Get a ping pong ball in a bathtub and toss that ping pong ball around the bathtub and watch your cat go crazy chasing it around and popping it up and running around the bathtub. That's a good full body workout. Again, in all these things we're talking about in physical conditioning for cats, don't think about it like endurance training like with us. They don't have to do it for 30 minutes. If it's just a couple minutes, multiple times a day, that's enough, right? So short bursts of energy. So another one is laser light. Now, I'm going to use this with a huge dose of caution. I don't even ever recommend people use laser light toys. You know why? Because we're lazy. You get too lazy to do the most important part, which is to stop frequently and give the cat a treat. So laser lights by themselves, yeah, do encourage a lot of great exercise because the cat's running all over and you got that carpeted wall going and you do that laser light up the wall, the cat will run all the way up to the ceiling. And that's great, except that without that kill bite, without more of that hunting sequence other than just the chase, then you're building up a lot of frustration and pent-up energy in your cat. So it's okay, just stop frequently and give them a treat. That's kind of like eating the prey, I'm chasing the prey, and now I get to eat it. And that will go a long way in making that an okay exercise. So the seventh thing I've got for you is leash walking, right? Take your cat out for a walk. Pico loves to go on walks. And I have a very long leash. I, in fact, I have a, a really long, retractable, small leash, thin leash. And he can go zoom, running out after a lizard or something he sees. And then I can stop it if, you know, cars are coming or something like that. But it's real important, too, that you don't think about this walk as an opportunity for exercise for you. This is an exploring opportunity for your cat. 
And clearly, don't do it if your cat's terrified of being out of the house. And a lot of them are, but a lot of them really enjoy it. And even if you're just exploring your own backyard with a leash and harness, it's a great way for them to get out, get a little walking, get a little exercise, chase a couple leaves blowing in the wind, maybe a lizard or a mouse or two, that kind of thing, jumping up after birds. That's great, great, great exercise for them. And another thing, speaking of exercise and birds and chasing prey, cat TV. You guys have all seen videos of these cats up in front of a TV and somebody's got a giant screen TV and they've got cat TV on and the cat is up pawing at the screen and going crazy and jumping up and down. Well, Pico kind of does a version of that. He he actually jumps over the TV and behind it. We've had to We've had to really strap our TVs into uh, the cases that they're in because he will just sail right up and over them, which again is great exercise. So if your cat's one that responds to visual images of birds and mice and gerbils and things like that, go to YouTube and and search cat TV and leave cat TV on for them, especially when you can't be there. It's a great way for the cat to maybe be continuing to get exercise when you can't be involved. So another good one is catnip toys. We have the best catnip toys available for sale on our website. Go to catbehaviorsolutions.org, go to the behavior boutique, and go down to the catnips. They're chalk, Fool a catnip, right? They're not like the other toys where there's a lot of filler and a little bit of catnip. It has nothing but catnip in it and really thick canvas-like material enclosure. So they're very durable. And we mix catnip and silver vine in there so the cats just go bananas over it. And if you get the big, long kick sacks. Then they grab them and they roll around and they kick them with their back feet. By the way, that's a, that's a predatory move that simulates disemboweling a zebra that their big cat ancestors do. So they're trying to disembowel that catnip sack. Get some of those. Those are awesome. And again, put them up. Let your cat play with it for a while put it up in a cabinet. And when you bring it out again, it's going to always seem new and interesting and they'll go wild for it. If you just leave it out 24 seven, they get bored with the same old. So put it up. In fact, put it up in a Ziploc bag. It keeps it fresh longer. And if you've got some loose catnip, just go ahead and stick a little loose catnip in the Ziploc bag to keep it fresh. Now, another great thing is a catio right? That also is a great way to give a cat an exercise outlet without walking it on a leash. It's a catio, if you don't know, is is an enclosed patio that attaches to your house, either by a tunnel or a cat door. And in a catio, you can build your own agility course. We have a tall cat tree. We actually have two cat trees in ours. And the cat tree leads up to a cat walk, which is uh, basically a, a little shelf that's hanging down about uh, 18 inches from the ceiling. And it has little pathways that goes around and there's climbing steps and all kinds of stuff out there. Now we happen to store our bird seed and big bins in the catio. 
And when you're filling the bird feeders, inevitably some of the bird seed drops. And you know what that attracts? Mice. And so, yes, there's also some great exercise out there while he's chasing the mice around in his catio. That's great, great, great enrichment as well as exercise. The 11th thing I have for you is puzzles. Get treat puzzles and watch your cat go crazy learning how to open the little doors and work the little roundy things. And uh, it's not only great mental stimulation, but it it's exercise, right? Your cat's moving. It's not just getting a free meal. It's having to, to work for it. It's having to think about it. It's having to problem solve. And all of that is, is great for overall health as well as physical health. Go to Chewy.com and just put in there food puzzles. I've even gotten some dog ones for Pico. And again, I rotate them so that, because he'll figure it out. Once he figures it out, it's no challenge at all. And it's very little exercise because he just pawing at it. And he's like, got it open, got my treat, got it open, got my treat. I'm not even sure the expense of, of calories is, is exceeding what he's intaking in the treats. And again, I like to use the purse sticks for that because I can break them off. Sometimes those little puzzle things have littler or larger receptacles. And so being able to break it off and make it whatever size I want is, is really good. Now, my 12th idea for you is similar to that, but it's more foraging, right? And there's a difference between treat puzzles because a treat puzzle is a stationary device that hides treats and a cat has to figure out, you know, sometimes complicated movements of things that'll expose the treat. But foraging is hiding treats. So you can you can do it in a treat puzzle, but you can also just hide them. Highly, you know, like Easter, pretend like it's an Easter egg hunt, but it's with treats. And you hide them around the house and the cat quickly, once he starts discovering them, goes, huh, there's treats hiding around this house. So he starts looking for them. And when you hide them in different places, he walks all around the house looking. And and I say, if you if you haven't done this with your cat before, to get started, let him watch you hide the first one and hide the second one. And then at an unpredictable time, put treats back in those places he saw you put treats to begin with, and then begin to hide them in new places, first close by those places and then expanding out. And then you'll find your cat will start walking around the house, kind of looking down low, like where's Where's the treats? Is there a treat over here? So one over here? And he'll walk all around looking for them, which again is great exercise. Now, do you have to do all 12 of these things every day? I mean, in a perfect world, yeah. But if you're not retired and 100% dedicated to your cat 24-7, then just change it up and do two or three of them a day. But Keep, keep this all these tools in mind and all these ideas in mind and definitely condition your cat. Now, you know, all of these things we talked about actually talk about her concern. What about too much activity leading to breakdown of joints and tendons and things? And, and that's true too. You know, make sure that when you're climbing opportunities, your cats have reasonable places to get down on. Don't 
worry too much about your young cats that are going crazy and jumping down from high places. Just like us when we were young, right? Their tendons and things are much more pliable and they recover much more quickly than we do. But also keep in mind that, you know, cats haven't evolved all that much from their wildcat ancestors. And that includes physical evolution. And so, you know, they started living to be 20 years old in the last, you know, decade. And that's a lot. And I don't believe that their bodies are really made for that yet. I don't think that their physical evolution has caught up with their lifespan. Again, this is this is total conjecture on Molly's part. There's no science back in what I'm telling you. I'm just using logic thought here. And so if their bodies haven't evolved all that much and their lifespan, you know, 20 years ago was eight or 10 years, and now it's double that, then that also means things wear out quicker, which is why I think a huge percentage of cats over 10 have arthritis. It's because, you know, they're not, they're not really conditioned to be able to withstand that much on their bodies for that long. So go ahead and add an additive to your cat's food. Nothing better than adding omega-3s. Those fatty acids will help keep their, their tissue moist as well as great conditioning for their coat and it strengthens bones and everything else. There are glucosamine supplements for cats that you can put on their food. Those are all great too. Highly recommend you do all that in addition to everything that we have talked about. Now, let's see. Did I leave anything out here? I don't think so. I think I got everything that I wanted to share with you today. And I hope, Teague, that you found this episode useful. And I can't thank you enough for submitting a very unique and interesting question for me. So thanks for tuning in today. And all of the rest of you out there listening, send me your ideas as well. I'll do podcasts on them just like this one that Teague sent. And you can shoot me an email. That's the easiest way. Shoot me an email to molly at cattalkradio.com. And in the meantime, go check out our website. Cat Talk Radio is a outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, which is a nonprofit dedicated to helping you form a better bond with your cat. Because when you're bonded to your cat, it's not going to end up in a shelter. And a shelter is a horrible place for a cat to end up with. You know why? Because shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats in the United States. So that's why we're here, is to help you learn and take better care of your cat and be better bonded to your cat so you have a lifetime of enjoyment with him or her or them. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com.
Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.